Hi, and welcome to the Paul Williams podcast. My guest this week is the lovely Lucy Kennedy, TV star, radio star, and of course, hardworking mum. Lucy's most successful TV project is her programme Living With Lucy on TV3. So I wanted to find out what it's really like for Lucy Kennedy living with Lucy Kennedy. It's lovely to meet you. It's lovely to meet you like this. Normally yes. you've always been asking me questions and now it's my turn oh God, to ask I feel you. Sick. And I'm delighted to meet your latest addition to your family. Baby Jess. Baby Jess. Hello, Baby Jess. What age is Say Baby hi. Jess now? She is six months old. Can you and, believe? And Baby Jess is slurping into her bottle here as we speak. Yes. And so she's the also sound effects apple that people puree. understand. Apple puree and yeah. what else? That's a kind of apple puree and porridge, so feel free to share if you're peckish in any way. By the way, can I say to you, yeah. you're looking absolutely stupendous. Well, you don't have you to look, lie. No, no, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I don't lie. I look tired and sweaty. <clears throat> no, well, but you don't look it. Um, <laughs> but this is your third baby. Third baby, yeah. Is this the end of the road or is there more? Well, Does do you know what? If I were left to my own devices, shall we say, there would be a fourth. But I am 41. Three is a lot. And I would be a single parent. What age are the three. kids? Seven, five, and six months. So you would w- so really I, go for fourth? I would, yeah. Mm. But like realistically, I think next step is dog's trust. I think Why we'll get a dog. Oh, you're going to get a dog? Yeah. Then. So it's going to be a real nuclear family. Yeah, yeah. And then we just need to win the lottery and we're laughing. And did you always want to be a mum? I always, always wanted to be a mum, yeah. Ever since sort of maybe my late teens... I always, I always knew I'd be a mum, put it that way. I always kind of had it in my in my mind that it would happen one day, and thank God it did. Well, I have to say, to get this the elephant out of the room, you know, because uh, I think every uh, most red-blooded males in Ireland would all agree that they would have loved to have been able to help you out and start you a see, family. You see, that really upsets me, the way you, you know. say would have. Like, no, am, say, am I that gone? No, no you're am not I gone that? at all. In fairness, you are not gone. You are still very much here. <laughs> I'm trying to give you a compliment here, Kennedy. Just go make on, it okay, easy go on, for no, me. Okay. Um, any woman who survived Podge and Rodge will survive five minutes with Paul Williams. There's no yeah, problem with that. Exactly. There is a little bit of that, isn't there? I was actually only talking about Podge and Rodge the other day. I think we should bring it back. Mm. Would you watch it? Oh, absolutely. Did you? I, didn't I do that show? Yes, but do you think it would work in 2017 or have they shocked people so much that people have kind of seen it all? You know. Or is it a case that since they went off air that we have become more and more cool. pathetically um, PC? Yeah, there is a little bit of that. But if it, if, it's, if, it's still, if it could shock, I think it would be a big success because I think the silent majority in this country are pissed off yeah. and fed up with politically correctness. Exactly. Would you agree with that? Yes, there you is wouldn't a little be PC bit of sort of lady yourself. I have to be, but in real life I'm not. You You're know? irreverent. Yeah. You've even described that or accepted that yourself. Yes, You're I cheeky. have. I am a little bit... Listen, cheeky is an understatement. I'm very cheeky. And you know what? I think I'm actually getting worse. I really do. And I remember hearing this in the past. You know, people saying, Asha, when you get older, you don't really care as much. That is true. Do you not find that? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. really care that much anymore. I'm doing radio now. It's like it's... I have to have a permanent halter around my neck to keep me from saying something that's on on PC. You have a proper job. Yeah, everyone wants to take offence these days. Do you notice that? Yes, there is a little bit of that. Everybody wants to be offended. Everybody wants to find something that's wrong and complain. If you say the wrong thing about a cyclist, they'll come along and send two or three hundred emails and they're all copy and paste emails. And they. I know. Do you reckon people just have too much time? Is there a bit of that? I think maybe, the. I don't know, maybe it's a consequence of the fact that we all just got a little bit... Bonkers. Bonkers and soft. 
Yeah, but you're not maybe going there to change. is a bit you're of that. Not going to be I'm not going to change for anybody. Mama now, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not going to change for anybody. I will always be the slightly cheeky girl next door. A friend always. of mine who is a Gael Gore, yeah. uh, I won't say who he is, but he always referred to you as that Colleen Donna. And he'd say it in a certain tone <laughs> that sort of suggested that you knew exactly what he meant, even if you didn't understand God. the language. Well, please just tell me this Donna. friend wasn't 86. No, no, he's about 54 now. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Okay, that's um, okay. Because it does slightly worry me when very, very old men tell me that they are a fan of me <laughs> from Podge and Raj because... A lot of them are just like Podge and Raj, if you know what I mean. There is a little bit of that. Do you know that like, th this is how much it's changed, I suppose, just going back to the whole Podge and Raj thing. I remember the very, very first episode of Podge and Raj. There was a statue of Our Lady in the kitchen mm. in Ballydung Manor. And there were about 100 handwritten complaints that Our Lady would be associated with these two dirty puppets. Fast forward to 2017 and look what's going on. Look what's on, the, like, people are having sex on the telly. Mm. Like, I don't know if you watched Love Island, I did. That's they were the kind of calibre of... telly when Podge and Roger were. It's not... Like, Podge and Roger yeah, were only six, more. seven, eight years ago now, weren't they? Well, let me think. I was... No. Will you believe they are... It's ten years ago. Because I left there when I was engaged. They still didn't believe that I was actually going to get married until I walked up the aisle. They thought Podge that, and Roger didn't? Yeah. They used to say to me, you're not going to get married, you're just a lezer which was nice. In fact, they said, you're not going to get married, Louise. You're just a lezer, because they used to call me Louise just to really, really annoy me. Why, why would they call you? Why, why does Louise annoy you? Because my name is Lucy. Oh, they right. say, ah, Louise, you're just a lezer. You're not even going to get married. Well, you've fairly proved a Podge and Rod wrong here now. Yeah, I have, yeah. But you Three were the only later. person. You were the, I, I remember doing that show, and everybody used to be very nervous about going to that show. Yeah. And actually, they turned out to be a pair of pussies, really. Because well, I remember telling would we the story. say that? Like, well, I had to actually mop the brows of some serious celebrities who had, like, full-blown diarrhoea before being interviewed. So would we call them pussies? Yeah, but I'll tell you why I say that. I was nervous going on. I said, ah. But I remember going on, I told the stories about how I gave various criminals nicknames, like the Tosser. And I was astounded when the programme actually came out that he edited out all the heavy stuff I told them. And Did I they? actually, I think, yeah, I silenced them. And I was saying, these are just a pair of pussies. Yeah. Well, uh, see, they were probably a little bit scared of you as well because of your hardcore connections. No, but I have no connections. I just, just I don't know reporting how you sleep. on them. I don't know how you sleep at night, my friend. Seriously, uh, uh, I would be scared. I'm even scared doing this interview. <laughs> I'm scared doing this interview as well, but not for that reason. Don't get me going here now. Tell me, tell yes. me, there's something comes to mind. Yes. How do you? And this every mum in Ireland. So we're living in a very. This is why. I, How do know, I juggle this it is all? Not, this is not in any shape, make or form, in any way patronising or anything like that. Yes. But in the current climate that we live in, yes. one of the big problems we have on a serious level, sociologically, is that women pursuing careers you, and also who want also to be parents, yes. it is a very difficult thing. And women are much gotcha. later now having kids. Yeah. Uh, and there's the balancing act. And I've seen it firsthand with people. Uh, I saw how difficult it was, for example, for, for Colette Fitzpatrick, when she was working with some News yes. Talk Breakfast. You know, two little kids, balancing the day it? job. I don't know how she did it. it. It was, and getting up at four o'clock, half four in the morning. Oh, yeah. I want to suppose the, the big preamble over. How does, how do you balance being the adoring mama that you are? Yeah. And the TV, prolific sex TV, sex, sex, goddess. sex goddess. Yeah, yeah. Sex but goddess. I wanted you to help me with that one. I yeah. was a bit shy. Sex goddess. Um, it's a really hard juggle. I'm not going to lie. 
I do think it's easier for men, only because I think the mum generally takes control when it comes to children. That's not being sexist or no, God it, forbid. Yeah, but it's, 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 isn't it a biological yes, thing? Yes, it is the natural they thing They came generally. from, you created them effectively and, you know, yes. you did create them. And yes. there's a closer dynamic, isn't there, really, between a mum and the baby or just... I think so. And it will take me, say, you know, it's a, whatever day it is today, what day? Tuesday. And I have Jess, even though I'm working, you know, whereas Rich has gone to work. I think it just happens. It's a juggle. It's a very hard juggle. But the problem is, well, I suppose I'm kind of lucky in the way that I can plan my job around my babies. Mm. And I always made sure that, that I was very clear on that. And I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to go to the UK, but I, I had a baby, you know, and I said, no, I, I want to have my children in Ireland and I want him to go to school in Ireland. And so I kind of made that quite big decision, you know. Um, I have all these balls in the air. And if one falls, they'll all land on my head, put it that way. So could I get up at four o'clock and do a breakfast show? No, couldn't, because I would have I have two school runs, one at half eight, one at ten to nine, and I have got to be there. But at the moment, like this little madam Makes, here beside, this little beauty. Yeah. You're an absolutely gorgeous little girl. She's so friendly and chirpy. She must be a chip off the old block. She is. But just as will realise when she gets older that she was on television before she was even born because you were pregnant during the first series of yeah. Lucy Meets and Jess, it was a huge success for TV3 yeah thank God just as the aunt to my deck she doesn't know who her dad is is, is it Al Porter is it Brenda Grace mm. she actually doesn't know who her she's Finbar older Fu Fury Finbar Fury yeah <laughs> well we know it's definitely definitely not Al's for mm. obvious reasons well, but it could, could be, could be Jedwards book the trend and she maybe. could be Jedwards yeah there's a bit of that so yeah, I worked right up to pretty much 36 weeks pregnant. And it, it wasn't so much that I had to, it's because I wanted to as well, you know, because I'm in that lucky position that I suppose I work part-time. The work that I do, I love. But I obviously love my babies more. I'm just mm. lucky that I can plan my work around my children. Um, and, I, and, I, and I loved it. But TV3 are hilarious. So there I am waddling. I mean, you have babies, you know what it's mm. like waddling quite uncomfortably down the corridors of TV3, literally with my washers about to break. And they said, is, is there any chance you could do four more living with Lucy? I said, guys, I don't think I can even make it to the loo today, yet alone film anymore. So the answer is no. So I left it with the six of them. Then I did the Christmas toy show with Dustin, which was just... TV gold, as you can imagine, behind mm. the scenes. I can't repeat half the things he said to me, but needless to say, he hasn't joined the politi politically correct crew that we were discussing. And then I went off and, and had Jess, and then before I left, TV3 said, look, can we commit to another six living with Lucy? And I said, yeah, definitely. And then a couple of weeks ago, they said, actually, we're going to supersize it to 12. Mm. So I've done two, I have 10 to go. Next time you see me, I'm going to be... So thin. <clears throat> so, so you're doing them at the moment. So you have to go away. Um, yes. Are you going to tell us days. about who you're, some of your guests? So are? I have lived with Davy Fitz. Sorry, I'm so hot. It's so hot. Like, what is going on with this weather? It's fantastic. It's gorgeous. I've lived with Davy Fitz. I think Fitz. the temperature just rolls a little bit when you come into the room here. It's too late. You, you said to me the last time we met that I'd ba I was basically old. And when you pointed to me, it was like I'd let myself go. Oh, I did. It's, I think you did. It's nasty. It's nasty. But don't worry, file safe. We will make it. I will make it up to you. I've let it go. That's the main thing. Okay. 
eight months ago. Um, so let's go back to Davy Fitz. Yes, what was so it Davey like Fitz, living with him for three days? Davy Fitz was great fun. Um, it's a very crazy life. It's very intense because he obviously lives in Clare mm. and trains the Wexford team. So well, we were driving a, up. He had a little bit of a break from training he, well, the, Wex, he was the Wexford team. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was banned from. And does he scream like that at you when you're talking to him? Yes. Would he scream like that? Yes. Is that, a, is that a good take That's off? actually a really oh, good, good Davy Fitz, yeah. except much, much louder, much, much louder. But he was bar- he was banned from being on the sideline. So he was up in the stands, literally like something you'd see in Dublin Zoo, pacing. He was actually and pacing like a lion. Yeah, I was down on the sideline watching him, thinking, oh, my God, someone is going to lose their head up there. And uh, But he, he was, you know, like most people, like most celebrities I've lived with, he was really, really nice, great fun. Um, full of the chats. I actually really enjoyed my time with him. And he has two dogs, and they are like his babies. He has two mm. little dogs, and they sleep on his head. Holly and Sophie, they're treated literally like but babies. When you, when you do this series, right? Yes. Um, you actually do quite literally go live with them. Yeah, I do. And do you know what? It really annoys me because people say, ah, they think the suitcase is a prop. I think Jess might burp down the mic just to warn you. It's okay. Um, People kind of think, ah, but do you really, do you actually? Yes, I do. Yes, I actually sleep there. I know it's insane. And even my own husband thinks it's weird the way I love doing it and that I do it. But like say, Sonia Sullivan, I slept in her garage. I actually slept in her garage because the spare room wasn't ready. Shane Lynch, I shared a Winnebago in my Penny's pajamas with Shane Lynch, like in Surrey. So Davy Fitz, I was in his spare room and I've just come back from living with Michael Healy Ray. And I, and I slept in his spare was, room. What was the Haley Ray experience like? It is just absolutely bonkers. But it's exactly how you'd expect it to be. And everything's, you're welcome to get it, get it, get it. And, uh, and I, I was saying to um, uh, Michael, just couldn't believe how vain I was. And he kept on saying to me, look, you know, why are you putting all that word paint on your face, Louis? I'm not going to try and do his accent. But I kept on saying, well, look, I'll put my makeup away if you put away your phone, because I have never heard a phone ring as often as his. Because basically everybody in Kerry goes to him to fix their problems. He's like a little doctor. And he's lovely. He's very warm. He's great crack. Really nice. But the problem... Did you have a few beers when you were down there? Did you... Yeah, Kilgargan, isn't it? Kilgargan? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. And Always have a few beers now. Danny has a pub. His brother has Mm. a pub. But Michael owns the mace. In, like, the village. He owns everything. He owns everything, yeah. And he owns a farm. But he's just such a laugh. But my only problem with him is he doesn't sleep. So we got back at midnight twice. And I am, like, I love going out now and again and going bonkers maybe one night. It takes me about six days to get over the hangover. But I love, like, going out on the town properly now and again. But generally, nine out of ten times, I suppose, especially now with three and with Jess being so small, I am in bed at around nine in my gym jams watching Netflix, you mm-hmm. know, kind of calming down. He, he comes in at 12 and he stays away till 2 a.m. watching movies and stuff. And then he's up at six regardless. So he can survive on four hours. So he broke me. He broke me <laughs> physically and emotionally. I was so tired that I ended up bringing a pillow in the back of his car and any time he'd make a long phone call, I'd jump in and kip. And did you, did you have Jess with you? No, Jess mm. stayed at home with Rich. I'm so, right. uh, yeah. 
He's brilliant. So you so actually came home to mind your three babies for a rest, effectively, then. So three yeah. babies are better than the Healy Rays. Is that what you're saying? I think... It's easier to look after three definitely. babies than one of the Healy Rays being in the company for a day. You've summed it up. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a really full-on crazy life, you know, the, the life of a rural politician. And I was actually saying to him, like, would Enda have done all of this in Mayo or would Bertie have done all of this in Dublin? Like, literally, oh... Bless you, Jess. Oh, oh, Jess. Excuse <laughs> me, I'm sorry. From little Jess. Is it, is it Paul? Do you have a problem with Paul? Um, yeah, he just, like, he works so hard. It's He's just owned by, he is owned by Kerry. Now, you're a you Sandy I mean. Cove girl, right? Yeah, I love you're what you said. You're from posh like part of Dublin, right? I'm, yes. And you are the part, you, like, you do come across. Do you think I'm posh? That's part, yeah. You're, do that's, you think I'm posh? And you have a sexy voice as well, and you've got all that sort of cheeky <laughs> stuff trying, going on, and you're it. sort of irreverent. And But yeah. I'd say, like, because I'm, I'm a Leitrim man, right, so I'm a yeah. culture, so I know deep down inside, you would have gone down to see Michael Healy Ray with you know, one part of your brain telling well, the, Dub, the, Dub, the Dublin Four part you, right? Saying, no, I'm not Dublin Dub, Four, well, I'm South County. You know, Dublin Continue. Four ish, right? Mm. You're not Dublin 12, anyway. Um, but <laughs> you were going down with the, ah, these are just cute whores. These are cute whore politicians, and this will be fun. Yeah. What was, what, what, did you change your opinion? No. Did you, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's still a cute whore, yeah. Yeah, but, no, he is did a cute you, whore. But did definitely, it, but he's so likeable. But you know, the, yeah, but that's what I was coming to. The people tend to say, ah, these local policy, parish pump politics and denying... Yeah, exactly, and he, he hates that. He know, actually went on a rant about that. But denying climate change and all this kind of stuff. Yes, and people well, no, that's say, his brother. You know, well... You know, I'd say very rare do they ever have a disagreement about such matters. But the point being that you found them likable. That's that's it. And you and yes. you found them. I, I get the impression you found them quite genuine. Oh my God, one hundred and ten percent. And so they're so they're not they're not they're not what you think comic cardboard. No, they're not board cutouts. No, basically. they're not. Like I, you know, because I I've heard what what you've just said. You know about them and going to every funeral under the sun and all that kind of stuff. But that's actually not the case. And and I I put it to him. I said, you know, you you voted against gay marriage. You're anti-abortion. Like I literally, I, no holds barred, went mm. for it. And he justified everything quite simply. But he said, you know, Lucy, I come from just regarding the whole funeral thing. He said, the chances are if somebody dies in Kerry, I know them. Not because I'm a politician, but because they could be a neighbour or a friend of a friend. And he said, and Kilgarvan, where I'm from, it's a very, very small community. So it's not like I want to go to every funeral. Mm. I have to because I've known the people who are buried. Yeah. You know, and that did kind of make sense. Did um, it, did it um, you know, we live in a sophisticated society where we're talking about PC nonsense and all that stuff. And everyone's offended and everyone's a bit of a sort of a, a little bit weeping willow. But did you, <laughs> did you, did you... Um, did you find a, a sort of a new respect or understanding of rural politics and parish politics? Without a shadow of a doubt, yes. And I now have a much, much better idea of, of how it works. I really do. Because I, I, I did not know what to expect, if I'm totally honest. And I'd, I've never lived with anybody like him before. So, yeah, I, what did I you have, have a new breakfast, respect. by the way, when you were there? Did, did, I had did Michael toast. cook the breakfast for you? No, because he was up at six, Paul. And what time did you get up in the morning? Nine. Did you, did you go on the piss at all the one, the one the nights no, you were down there? No, no. We didn't have time. Like, we went to four events in three hours. So basically, this is what we did. And I did all of this in three-inch heels. You'd be very impressed. And, and a massive pair of spanks. <laughs> so you can imagine my discomfort. We started off in um, a town park, cutting cutting ribbons and stuff in, in at town park. Back into the car, drove off then to Greyhound races. There was some event on. 
back into the car, then went to judge on a, oh no, no, sorry, um, um, support a fashion show, and I had to walk down the catwalk with him. This is all within three hours. He would have loved having a big celebrity like you down there for that. It would have been great. I'd say he made, it was a reciprocal uh, arrangement, I'd say. He got as much out of uh, you as you got out of him. I don't know, I'd say it. he was bored of me complaining about my heels. And then we ended up at an award ceremony. Like, and this is what he does most days mm. of his life. You know that way, I kind of think, so you're my life is so you're boring. you're loving this job. You're I, loving this. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it so you much. You spent a few days with Kerry Catone. I watched that. Yeah. And I what found did you that think? interesting. I found it very interesting. I found, I think, what I take from it and what I recall. Yeah. Because uh, obviously at my age, my memory isn't as good as it used to be. Well, this is what happens when you're in your 90s. I know. But uh, I felt that she had been probably misunderstood and she felt she'd mm. been misunderstood. And yeah. perhaps a little bit, there's something sad about her. Very much so. Very much so. And you can't help but feel sorry for her in the nicest possible way. Mm. But she has had a very, very rough, rough life. And it started with her mum. Her mum, as you know, was a, um, a drug user mm. and a drug dealer. And Kerry's... Kerry was telling us, it was all on camera, so I'm not kind of letting her down or um, discussing any secrets, but she had, like, a joint at, like, eight. You know? Yeah, it was like, a bit early a, starting on, right, Dan, for yeah. a smoking old spliff, yeah? A bit too early. So she saw a lot way too soon, and yeah. I think she's had a hard life, and, and in fairness to her, having lived with her and her babies, she's doing a great job. You know, she... Mm. Being a mum is her first priority. Yeah, she priority. came across, like, I remember the, the, the wild days when she was all over the place, but I yes. did get that from that, that she was, that she'd, you found, she'd found some kind of peace. Yeah, do you know what, I think she's... A maturity? I think she's grown up. Mm. Yeah, definitely, I think she's grown up. And I think she realises that now. But whatever she's doing has worked because those children are gorgeous. They're so polite, so well behaved. They were lovely with me, very affectionate. You know, I, I couldn't fault them. They ticked every box. You start so she's doing something who, right. And this is again something new we're learning. Yeah, right, Jess. Um, is that, you know, you go into these people's lives, you're not like, you actually take part of them with you. Yeah. Very much so. to, you know, you got it, it's it's a profound experience for you. Yes, it is. Which the, the naughty, you know, devil may care, irreverent um, uh, persona yes. that you present. That's also a very deep side. There there's is. A, there's a big human, big soft heart there. <laughs> oh, look at that smile! Look at that smile! It's fantastic. Of course, there is. I'm the biggest softie in the world. I I laugh and cry with most of these celebrities. Before I got into presenting, I was the crossroads of my life, whether I was going to study psychotherapy or not. And I actually got accepted to study psychotherapy. That's something I always wanted to do. And then I ended up presenting. But then a couple of years ago, when, when I was deciding about leaving RTE and joining TV3, I actually did do a foundation course in psychotherapy. And it's something that I love. I'm so fascinated with people. And I did 26 weeks of therapy myself, which I love. Actually, it was quite funny the psychotherapist was saying that I was... You did the, the psychotherapy course, not yeah. you didn't undergo psychotherapy, just to just Yes, no, I did undergo psychotherapy for 26 weeks. You have to actually go through therapy oh, right. yourself. So it was like a one-hour weekly session, and I had this amazing psychotherapist, and she said that I was the only person in her career who should actually have to stop talking once the hour was over. She go, if I could, if I could just... Okay. Okay, Lucy, yep. Okay, no thanks, Lucy. So, so we'll pick this up next week because, like, I loved it. But I suppose, yes, in answer to you, I am a very deep person, and 
I suppose I love talking and getting to know people. And do you know what? I care. I actually care. And I think a lot of people in this business don't really... I don't have that ruthless streak that a lot of people have. There's a term we'd have to use, you know... You know, there's no bullshit to Lucy Kennedy. There is no bullshit to me. I'm yeah. very much what and I've done your show a few times, and I heard what happened before the, the cameras come on and all that kind of stuff. I heard the way you, you know, you're very frank and candid, shall we say. <laughs> you don't hold anything back. No, I don't. I, I don't take any shit, put it that way. But I also don't give shit. I'm a nice person. I'm easy to deal with. But there's no bullshit. But yeah, I do. I genuinely care about the celebrities I live with. And there's a few coming up which are going to be very, very tricky. Um, any, you're going to give us any sneak well, I'll, previews? I'll, I'll tell you one. I can't tell you the others. But the next person I'm going to live with is Daniela Westbrook. She has, she was Sam in EastEnders, and she has a, she's basically missing the septum. You well, know, she's the girl who, nose. Who, who, whose nose was quite literally burned away from snorting cocaine. Wasn't yes, it? yes. How is she now? She, uh, I'll, I don't know. I'm going to live with her in two weeks. But that's going to be a very delicate um, situation. And I think people may uh, underestimate me in a way, you know, because what you see in the edited final version, of course, is me just moving in and having the crack and it's all fun, fun, fun. But it's actually, it goes a lot deeper than that. So you're and a little bit like a female version of Louis through, perhaps, but an awful lot more attractive, He would probably cry if he heard you make that comparison. I think I'm a Dr. No, but, but Phil gone wrong. When you go in to do these people, it's not just, you don't go in with a superficial agenda, you're going in... You do want to really get connect with the people. Absolutely. And obviously, do you have to like them from a distance before you go to live with them? You know, it's very... No, you don't. But it's very, very tricky. One thing I, I have now... I mean, I've done a lot of these. This is, I think, last weekend was like the, the 33rd celebrity I've lived with. What What is quite tricky, especially, say, when you are living with someone like Kerry Katona or, say, Daniela Westbrook, who I'm going to move in with, is I have this perception of her already. I... I, I because we've grown up with these people, they're in Heat magazine, they're in OK, they're in Closer, they're in most magazines most weeks. So you kind of feel like you already know what that person's going to be like. So mm-hmm. I, I find that quite, I, I mean, I can do it now, but I literally arrive at the front door and before I ring the doorbell, I just see a blank canvas and I try and paint it myself then. Because if you look at Kerry, she, she was brilliant with me, not a bother. I really liked her and stuff over the three days. And then I saw her on Ray Darcy a, about a week later or two weeks later, and I could see that her she was the wall was up again, you know. Mm. Um, so what the, the person shows me after three days, because I always think that you can spoof in a ten minute interview, you can't spoof in seventy two hours. I get to see the real people, so I try and paint the best picture of that person as I can. And there's no one that I've lived with who's been in any other way other than what we've shown and how I've described. Um, so I go in with a blank canvas, yeah, and then I paint it myself, and at the end I give my honest sum up. And I think I've been fair with everybody. I was even fair with Callum Best, who was not pleasant to live with. He Only really wasn't. Tell me about him. Well, his dad had died, I think, about a year... Sorry, you bored? Sorry, Jess. Well, his, his dad had died about two years before, so he wasn't in a good place. We're in mm. Marbella in this villa, and he was just partying hard, and he, he wouldn't commit to the whole programme, and he kept on saying to me, like, will you relax? You know, like, you're here to party. And I was saying, no, I'm not here to party. I was quite nerdy. No, I'm not here to party. I'm here to, like, you know, do this programme and blah, 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 blah. And at the end, I kind of said, you know, ah, poor Callum, and um, I kind of summed him up in, in, in as nice a way as possible. 
because I saw a heart there. If, if I see a heart in someone, I'll mm. kind of excuse them. But so far, everybody has been okay to live with. I haven't really lived with someone that I genuinely don't like because I will always find the good if it's there. Let's go back to the beginning. <clears throat> it's another Jesus, thought. There's another image. Have? There's an image in my mind. Oh, God. Well, I'm going to have to share it with you. I'd like, no, please you, don't. You've met Podge and Rogers, second cousin here from, from Leitrim, but uh, you were an air hostess oh, with CityJet. Yes, I was. Have you any photographs of yourself? In no, the please don't do uh, this to me. I'm okay, going to vomit no. even at the thought. Okay. The uniform wasn't great. It's not what you're thinking How it was. It was Nora Batty tights. The tights were as thick as your jeans, oh, can I just say. I'm sure there's something erotic in that as I well. I don't something know, Paul, and I'm very concerned about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was an aerostess for Virgin City Jet, so it was Richard Branson. How funny that he's now my boss again, kind of indirectly. He's now Virgin Media, obviously. Um, yeah, with City Jet, and it was great crack. I wasn't your typical aerostess. I'd always go with kind of one hand painted, as you can see today, only one nail varnish on one hand. Oh, yeah, you've, hand. You've, you've one hand painted yeah. and the other hand not painted. What's yeah. the purpose of that? Because I, I don't know. I, I is do this, this a, a lot. Is this a yin-yang thing? Is this, is this a sort of an expression of... I think maybe it is, deep down. Psychological turmoil or psychological... I need to go back to therapy. Dichotomy or something? I, or? I think so. There's something weird. That or I'm just always in a rush. So it's probably the latter. that lasher. hand could represent the public uh, Lucy Kennedy and this hand... This is the real me. The plain hand yeah. represents the inner soul of the real wow. Lucy Kennedy. Would it be that God, you are good at this. Yeah. This just is good. This just, is good. No, honestly, yeah. I, I just ran out of time to paint the other hand. Okay, but right. thanks anyway. Yeah. There was something really deep in Hollywood. Yeah. Anyway, Sorry. air hostess. So yeah, air you hostess. love being an air hostess. I loved it. But Did I, anyone ever harass you when you were an air hostess? God, yeah, Was always. any Podge and Rodge type people getting on the place? Oh, yes, are you doing you most of the French passengers. Oh, French passengers? But yeah, I, I did the Dublin to um, Paris, Charles de Gaulle trip a lot and um, an angry French passenger whew, in a confined space really it's not great like what, Very sexual harassment like no just being rude oh, I found rude. the French passengers were quite rude the Irish pas passengers were great you know even if they were stuck on the runway with no water they'd still go ah oh, this is great but the Paddy doesn't we, we're notorious for not complaining yes even though the sweat was pumping although we'd ring Joe heads. Duffy later on and live and a bitch <laughs> yeah, like hell to yeah, him exactly. but we won't bitch when we should God be bitching forbid. no not to our faces so I did that for three and a half years, and I, I and I loved it. You know, it's I've actually said to um, to to even my daughter Holly um, and my son Jack. You know, it's it's a it's a really good way to see the world. You know, the, I suppose now we're talking pre eleven, so it was pre nine eleven. It was very different mm. when I flew. It it was a lot of fun, and it wasn't obviously as um, security conscious. Obviously, it was, you, you know what I mean. Mm. Like we could access the cockpit in the olden days. We'd go in and chat to the pilot bring children in and stuff and it was quite nice whereas now nobody can get through the doors it's I suppose it's all changed but yes I did I loved it and it was quite funny when I got into television I met one of the captains and he said I knew I knew you'd um, end up going down this road because you were so fond of the PA system <laughs> which is true like, I would stand there and I, I within months was kind of promoted and they because you're the gift of the gab yeah as does my daughter. Yeah, she's, she's coming on a bundle too, isn't she? Yeah, I would say, you know, the usual thing was, you know, go on everybody and welcome on board this flight, Dublin to blah, blah. And then I'd end up saying, now last night I had these manky whatever. And I would literally tell the people my life. And if there was a delay, I'd tell jokes and I'd sing and everything. I loved the PA system. And I quite liked it as well because I wouldn't face the people. i just kind of talk to myself into it. But they all had to... <laughs> I loved it. So it was no wonder I ended up going into radio, you know. It's like the, 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 
I miss radio. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. I miss radio. I was only talking about that um, to Bobby Kerr the other day. I do. I do miss radio. I was very sad the day myself and Baz were fired. You well, heard you about this. this. Me and Baz were fired. 2FM for a while, yeah. wasn't it, yeah? We did 2FM for three years. We did weekend breakfast. And um, it was so funny looking back just because of the people that myself and Baz are. Like, we turned on 2FM. We would literally go into 2FM, pass a little security man, mm. and we would turn on, like, the nation's the station. Yeah. At seven in the morning. And we did that for three years anyway. But, um, but put yourself and Baz done really, really well. Yeah. With Baz, like the, the, the Baz, formula he came up with his mum has been extraordinary. And you Brilliant know, I success. remember him telling me about that format at about 7am while we played three Westlife songs in a row because we'd play loads of music so we could have a good chat because yeah. Baz is my friend in real life. And um, I remember him saying, OK, I've got this idea. Me and, you know, me and mum... Uh, and basically, and obviously I'd met his mum because we'd phone her up. Sometimes if we were bored on air, just we'd phone her up to ask her weird questions and she loved it. But she's great. She comes across as a great character. character. Absolute Absolute. character. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody would like her to be their mum. Yes, yes. Little Nancy. She's so cute. And I remember Baz saying, look, I've got this programme idea. And I was going, oh my God, yeah. Two years later then it became, I mean, he's, he's won an Emmy. Yeah, He's fantastic. actually won an Emmy. But, but I'm that's very proud as of well. him. Me and Baz need to get back together. Yeah, we'll come back to you and Baz, does common denominator, we both were in RTE. Yes. And you did what Pat Kenny did, and that was the unthinkable. Yeah. You actually decided, and you left. Yeah. And you went to this appalling little settlement on the outskirts of West Dublin called TV3 that TV that RT people would look down their nose at and wouldn't yeah. take seriously, although they're taking it pretty seriously now. Yes, they with are. With increasing audience share of up to 20% and more. Yeah. Um, what, what was the reaction you got in RT when you decided to go? Well, I had been in RT for eight years, so it wasn't an easy decision to make. And I'd been, I was contract for the, for the final four. So basically I was working on 2FM with Baz and then... Um, doing sporadic TV shows, but the money was was going towards, say, my final year in RTE. They weren't making enough programs. They pretty much were making very few programs. Mm. They didn't have the money. I'd go into them with these ideas. We don't have the budget. They'd come to me with ideas, and I'd say, look, I just don't think that's me. So we're kind of a lot of humming and hawing for the last year together. And then I got to the stage where I thought, okay, I have to actually think about my career here now. There's nothing happening in RTE. And um, my agent, Joanne Byrne, who I'm still with, just sent me an email saying, look, TV3 looking for um, people to audition for this afternoon show. And I said, yeah, I will. And I remember doing the audition and coming home and I cried because I felt guilty. I felt like I'd done the dirt. I know that's ridiculous. Mm. But that's just the kind of person I am. I felt so disloyal to RTE, even though, because they were trying to give me programs that we just weren't in sync with each other at all anymore. And I, I literally came home and cried. It's so embarrassing, but I did. And um, and I had a feeling that the audition went well. But I just thought, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. And then three days later, I joined TV3. And three years later, I'm still there. You're glad you made that move. I am. I definitely Yourself am. Yourself Martin King made this six o'clock show your own. It's, yeah. It's a good format. And they took... They took on my baby. They took on Living With Lucy. So I'll always, always be grateful to TV3 for that. Very, very brief before we go. Yes. I know I started by asking you, are you happy enough with number three, Jess, enough? Yes. Or is there more No, I'm not going to have any more babies with you. Sorry, what? Is, is uh, Richie going for the old snip? I don't know. Rich could be having the snip right now, for all we know. 
I mean, he goes to work, but does he actually reach the office? That's the question. Well, I can always have put a tail for on you, on him for you. Not a problem at all. It's the right price. I can give you for you, my friend, special rate. Oh my God! Can you give me like um, like police escorts if I'm in a rush? We can't talk about these things when we're recording. Oh, we'll yes, have no, a chat can't, later on. Okay? Yes, yes. I'm in enough bloody trouble as it is when it comes to police and all Yes, that but that's why I like you, because you're <laughs> a naughty person like me. Um, very finely. Uh, I have to read it. It has been a great yes, pleasure talking. Yes, well, we have had quite a and few very finely. Baba here. Um, so where next? You're, you're, you have a bright future ahead of you. You've, Thank you. You've, you've, but what you've done, you've achieved... And you are achieving, and I know it's a delicate balance, but you seem to have achieved and are very content and happy with the balance between a hard-working mum and a, uh, both at home and yeah. in TV3 land or TV land. Yeah. Um, so it's... What's next? next? What's your ultimate ambition? Well, I don't know if I'm going to go back to the Six O'Clock Show because I have to film another 10 Living with Lucy's between now and September. And then I might That's be doing 30 something... 30 days. Yeah. All the time, yeah. God, that's quite scary, isn't it? Um, and then I might be doing something else for TV3 in September. We are in discussions, shall we say. TV3 is an, ex- an exciting place to be these days. Very much so. Mm. Yeah, there's lots happening. They've got big budgets, big ideas and some free slots. So, yeah, it is the place to be. Well, Defo. they've got a great asset in Lucy Kennedy. It's too late. You told me I have been a few months ago and I was pregnant. So, Lucy, you are, as always... I don't know why I'm thinking of the words Lucy in the Sky Dead with you. Diamonds. You look like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds right now. L- sweaty Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, can we just add. Very, with very sweaty. With the little beauty, the little, the next generation. Yes. The Say next thank you Lucy for having Kennedy. us, Jess. Jess. Thank you, Jess. You're quieter than your mum, that's for sure. Yeah, she's clearly like your dad. Lucy, it's cool. Great. Thanks. <laughs>